0: Hello and welcome to School Growth Mastery, produced by Enrollhand, where we help schools, preschools, colleges and universities find their voice, connect with their ideal parents and grow their enrollment. We will bring on a diverse list of guests from school heads, admissions officers, marketing experts, parents and more, each with a unique insight into how you should grow your school in this changing landscape. Thank you for listening. On this episode, I'm joined by Don Wetrick. Don is the Innovation Coordinator for Noblesville High School, the author of Pure Genius, the founder and podcast host at Start It Up, and now the president of the Start It Up Foundation. Needless to say, he's a very busy man. This is a strong discussion about the future, a future that concerns Don, because we are not preparing students for it. Don is connected to a vast network of school innovators, so we should listen to what he has to say. And while we do, think of taking a stand, of saying, yes, we see this future he speaks of, and if we do something about it, we will differentiate our value proposition, serve the community, and grow our school. Here's Don. Hi, Don. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me on. How do you think the future looks like? What are you telling your students and your peers uh, that the future is looking like in the next few years?
1: The, the future is looking very automated, <laughs> um, <laughs> and which is why I'm so unbelievably um, concerned. The A lot of the jobs that our colleges are traditionally preparing for um, won't exist in 7 to 10 years, or at least will be on the decline. Um, and and I, I, I think that at minimum we need to start having conversations with uh, K through 12 schools now because, you know, it's our job to prepare kids for the future, but the future is very much being automated, and and we need to start looking at, okay, what jobs aren't going to be automated or how can we enhance or how can we prepare them for, like, the new
0: economy so in one of your podcasts with seth coding you were talking about um you know teachers f- still being or feeling like, um, like a cog in a bureaucracy and you were trying to explore how to get them to to change that and that's what since then you've really been able to do uh for many uh, educators what's so hard about doing that about getting them to to change uh, and innovate in the way they teach? Well, there's this thing
1: called tradition, and we've always done it that way, is is championed and celebrated in academia. Um, And it's not championed in a lot of other places. So it's hard to change because we've always done it that way. And look, like their track record is for the long time pretty good in the sense that people would say, well, you know, you know our our students have always gone to a famous college or they've always done well so they think that they have data on their side well they did uh, until about 10 years ago and now the tide is shifting to instead of having students want to memorize things and take tests uh, you know that's how we separated the what used to be the good from the bad well that's not it anymore so you know we we there's big lobbying groups there's big money in test taking but anybody in the entrepreneurial scene and anybody else in the tech scene knows that that's just it that testing for the sake of testing isn't really moving us forward
0: and and what is what should we be doing as schools to to um and maybe you want to talk a little bit about genius time or other things what should we be doing to to prepare really prepare kids for the future <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I th- I think that that's
1: the reason why that I've been celebrating uh, Genius Hour 20% time at the elementary and middle school levels. It's one of the reasons why we launched this class at the high school called Innovation and in Open Source Learning. Um, basically, Innovation Open Source Learning is the first six to seven weeks are you teach the students how to think for themselves. You teach them how to brainstorm, how to collect and connect, how to reframe problems, how to have the mindset of looking for opportunities instead of just wanting to shout things down and protest. Um, solutions are everything right now, and um, just memorizing old facts is is part of the school day. I get it. So I want to have one period a day where they could start looking at opportunities. Then I also have them get their social media branding down. They should know that right now, <laughs> um, social media is a windfall of opportunity for students if they treat it professionally, and um, and and then the the open source learning part is that I, I ask them to to start you know, open sourcing their learning. I mean, if they want to learn how to code in Python, I'm not their instructor. I don't know how to do that. But we can find people that do. And um, I think that open kind of concept for our classroom is giving them the time to try new things, to discover what they might be interested in, as opposed to sitting down and memorizing facts for an
0: AP test. And But it's hard to get... Schools are uh, kind of changing the curriculum or moving in that direction, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> yes and no. I mean, I, I'm, it's one of the reasons why we started our foundation. Uh, we do events outside of school. And, you know, if the students aren't allowed to have innovation time, um, I can come to a city near you, start up an ecosystem. And then, ironically enough, the schools are interested after. You know, if I ask them if they need any help, the answer is usually, eh, no. But a lot of times when I move to a city and we start doing events, normally a school calls within three to four months. So it's kind of ironic.
0: Yeah, so there's probably they need the kind of a push or some some kind of community traction before they're ready to to hop on board. Yes, yeah, That's that's the case. With... The innovation in the classroom with Genius Hour, you're shifting the way students are thinking. You're get getting them to brand themselves. You're getting them to to reach to create a network. Um, we're trying to kind of do the same with schools. Teach them or help them understand that you know the school landscape is changing. There's all these different educational options popping up, and they also need to start uh, thinking a bit of their brand and um, of creating a network, how would you, what would you give as advice to a school leader that you met at one of your events Mm -hmm. that told you that I'm having a lot of competition, there's all these new schools uh, appearing in my neighborhood, what do I do? Because the future is is different, is automated, so students might not be prepared. So I'm asking a school, how does a school know they're prepared for this future and will remain relevant and will stay around?
1: I think that's the hardest part is getting them to see that (laughs) what is relevant. You know, I I mean, if if they think that uh, doing well on the on the SAT is relevant, then that's part of the problem. You know, I can show them data. You know, I can show. and, And the thing is, like, I always hate doing this because I come across negative or angry. But I could give you a list of majors right now that there's just not employability in. Now, college will charge a lot of money. You know, I remember when I was a kid, and because I don't really think this is a major, but they would talk about, you know, what are you taking, underwater basket weaving, ha, 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 Hmm. meaning that you're just going to college for college's sake and that there really wasn't a major. Well, there's several of those majors right now, and I'm not going to mention them just because I hate offending people, but, like, listen, just Google it. Do your data search. There's a lot of majors that just aren't employable anymore or the numbers are plummeting. And if a school thinks that their job is to get them to college and job well done, well, you need to start relooking and refocusing on what your job is. Our job as educators is to prepare them for the future, not to prepare them for college per se. Some kids will go to college and you need to go to college, but you're getting them to see what the future looks like. And and, and I think that's the biggest difference.
0: If we think of schools really preparing themselves for, for, for the future, I think, yeah, as you say, the first step is really doing their own search, understanding or painting a, a real picture that's no longer complacent of what the future is actually going to look like. And then, you know, really having what we call a value proposition. So saying, this is our stand. This is how we are going to prepare kids for the future. Uh, an essential component, obviously, is college. So we'll touch upon that in a second. But parents, do parents realize what's going on? Do they realize that, as you mentioned Fifty percent of um of jobs in two thousand twenty I think are going to be freelance jobs yeah I try, and again like look, no
1: one likes to be told that they're out of the loop, right, and no one likes to be told you're not aware of something, so a lot of people their their plan is just to be blissfully unaware and 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 they're gonna go i mean like this is my biggest frustration is you know this this whole idea of you know my student is going to be just fine because he has all A's well i mean don't get me wrong i'm happy that he has all A's but just being a great student for the sake of being a great student is not really that employable anymore and so yeah i've had a really hard time with convincing parents and of course universities and I, again, for the record, I sometimes come across like I'm anti-university. I am not. I am not. There are several majors that you have to go that are completely relevant. But there's also got to be this balance of, you know, everybody goes to college isn't the answer either. So, you know, the the parents knowing the, 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 their child, um, you know, what their interests are, and then is it employable later? Is there an opportunity? You need to have that conversation. Or at very minimum, you need to get your students thinking like an entrepreneur. Kids that, well, we have a saying here, we create seekers and peakers, not moaners and groaners. And by that, you know, we, we create opportunity seekers they want to seek out opportunities and then once they start getting into groups they can peek around the corner and that is to say they can start talking to one another and spotting trends they can see things coming down the pipe and they can say you know hey i can i can capitalize on this i can i can you know uh, be first to market or or be able to help this kind of situation when they're peakers so that's been my primary mission and probably one of my hardest
0: if we try to visualize that, so that it becomes concrete for schools, uh, listening, so school leaders listening, so uh, how do you do that if you're just starting? You've mentioned before in some of your interviews, like one hour per month in the science or in math. What are you doing? That say, say, you know, they, they they kind of pause this podcast, they go down, they go down to the kind of the science teacher, and they tell them next Monday your class you need to have like some innovation in there you need to have a genius hour and the science teacher looks at with a blank face what else do they tell him (laughs) um i I
1: think as part of the, the first thing you have to do is kind of create an ecosystem or or a culture that you you need to be a seeker and a peeker um because in some cases, I'll get a teacher that gives me a blank stare or I'll get students that will give the teacher a blank stare. Um, you know, I, I think a great jumping off point is asking kids, why are you in school? Why are you here? And if they tell you well, to get me into college, you'll say, OK, what are you thinking about in college? Or if they tell you to prepare for the, for the future, OK, what does the future look like? You know, I, I, or you even ask them, what do you not like about school? And instinctively, they'll tell you, like, when am I going to use this in real life? Or how is this going to help me get a job in the future? And you go, I don't know. How is it? And a lot of times, you know, what we do is just common sense. We allow time for them to look at how am I going to use this in the future? What skills are needed in the future? What jobs that have not been created? You create, create a job. You know, what What do you think is going to come down? You know, like I tell them, like an app developer 12 years ago wasn't a thing. Or if it was, it was so at the beginning phases, there was precious few jobs. So it, it, when they start getting open to that, then all of a sudden they start seeing the point and the purpose
0: of doing this. That's great. So first, maybe the the, the teacher would... For the, as you said, also like for the first few weeks or first few sessions, have these types of discussions to kind of open their mind, and kind of really understand mm-hmm. what they want to do, what's relevant, um etc. And then maybe they would do something kind of sto- sto- uh, noteworthy. Like you have this cool story about uh, an NFL player where you went out with your students to the to the game and something <laughs> happened. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, like uh, that, that example was
1: uh, was just a fun, um, gosh, it was one of my favorite days. It's uh, just an example of when your students are open and aware and seeing opportunities. You know, like our other big saying we have in this class is opportunities are everywhere. Just be on the lookout. And um, that's why I heavily encourage students to be on sites like LinkedIn um, to open source that, you know, when people say, well, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Okay, no more people no more people that are doing great things uh, and so yeah that story was just a great illustration of like just be aware be aware of opportunities make sure you get out there
0: got it so maybe you do something like that uh, you know like the school the classroom goes out you know in, th- in this case it was uh, an NFL game where you managed to meet this NFL player i think or like on linkedin you meet a local business person and there's some kind of collaboration happening or something happens. And I'm, you know, just like me with my school growth hat on, I'm looking at this on a bit of a different level saying, this helps kids um, be more relevant, be more prepared for the future. It helps parents understand what the future is going to be like and understand that this school is preparing their kids and just, you know, as you know, maybe Seth Godin would say, or all these people, your product is your marketing. So that would result in people talking about this and the school being more relevant and growing and being healthy. So that's kind of my thinking on on all this. Um, so say, um, so say we, you know, we have like some initial uh, mindset change in the school, right? You talk about mindset quite a bit. So uh, from seeking grades to seeking innovation. So say that starts to happen, uh, what what then? What do we do then?
1: Start getting them to do relevant things or, you know, be entrepreneurial or be intrapreneurial or, um, you know, help out local organizations. Just don't make it for the sake of school. You know, once they start finding opportunities, okay, how can you bring that to life? You know, I, I can't tell you, like, the, the show Shark Tank uh, was and continues to be pretty popular here in the United States. And so somebody's is like, yeah, I thought of that idea three years ago. Really? Did you? Awesome. What did you do with it? Just coming up with an idea is cute. Doing something is amazing. And uh, if you started creating that atmosphere in school of a like, cool idea, now what do you do with it? That's kind of what I'm looking for.
0: Interesting. Shark Tank, it's it's fun to watch. Is it relevant, do you think, for, I mean, how is it applicable for students? And then I will want to think about how it's applicable for Yeah, it's absolutely applicable in the sense that you're watching a show about
1: somebody that had an idea at their kitchen table and did something. You know, some of the most successful products on that show are really easy and attainable. It was a great idea that they executed on and you know we're entering into this new economy where new ideas are worth something and and you know automating your job can and will be done here in the future coming up with new ideas new products new events new solutions is the way forward for a lot of people
0: and it's remarkable like just Again, coming back to my theme, like remarkable, Seth says, is what, remarkable is what is talked about. So would you also teach school leaders how to sell? So you're, you're, you talk about teaching students how to sell, should school leaders sell their vision? Sell they should always, their, if they're not already,
1: I don't understand
0: why they wouldn't be
1: like, if you're not selling your school, like, like you should be branding your school. What relevant things are you proud of at your school? And if you're not, why aren't you? You know, that's one thing I like about the school I'm at. They're proud of the things that they do. And and they are selling. They're branding, they're branding their own, you know, programs. So yeah, if they're not, I'd love to help train them on that.
0: Are they connecting? I mean, where of course are they you talk a lot about connections now? and and there's a decent amount of you know twitter type of
1: teachers out there because yeah. you know i like every like n- n- everybody's stealing great ideas and that's awesome so yeah i mean the 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 the, the, the superintendents and the principal all stars are out there sharing what they're doing and the teachers are also sharing different lesson plans and trying to make things better um so yeah, if, if if you don't have a, a decent sales and marketing outlook for your school, you're missing the boat.
0: Yeah, and I think just connecting in general like with your local community, local businesses, as you said, like arranging collaborations for the so that your students can go out there and like do stuff in the, you know, work for someone, like on a project, um, all that stuff. And uh, like I was, I was reading recently about um, Design Thirty Nine campus. I don't know if you know them. Um, they're, they're, you know, arranging a chat in the coming weeks. They're, they're having a hundred tours per year of school administrators coming onto their campus to see what they're doing. And I think it's, it's similar stuff is going on. I think in your, uh, you're arranging so many events. I don't know. Maybe you know we can shift into maybe talking a little bit about what you're doing, uh, because this is great. I mean, this networking, this connecting between educators and schools, um, thinking a bit more like um, like, like a media company. I mean, I wanted to ask you this last question, then we can talk a little bit about what, what you're up to. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk said that every company is a media company. Would you think that every school is becoming a media Absolutely. school? Well, they're, they're becoming not becoming it,
1: student. and that's the one of the reasons why we're falling behind. They should, and I totally agree with Gary on that. You know, his whole thing is is that you know you're 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 um, fighting for attention and trust, and you know if if you're not, you're falling behind. Now, the nice thing is is that you know most schools here are tax funded, so you know if you're 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 not necessarily looking out to make a sale per se, but you should be branding what your school is doing. It creates a lot of community involvement, community support. So yes, every school should realize that they are a media company.
0: So how are you helping them? I mean, you talk maybe a little bit about your foundation, uh, about your recent um, initiatives. How are you helping these uh, cities you're going into and the communities you're Engaging with. Yeah, uh, well, in some ways, I'm, not, I'm not helping schools of- and I'm, you
1: know, and I'm not I'm done <laughs> in some cases this is because I'm trying to reach schools, especially with underserved communities. And they don't really want to talk about innovation because and I understand it's because their funding model is based on if the kid passes a state standardized test. So they don't want what I have. But ironically enough, when I start doing events, then then sometimes we convert over. So really, my funding model has nothing to do with schools anymore. I still do consulting with schools from time to time, but I'd rather get the kid out of the building to do a networking night once a month and then him or her meeting great people and then coming up and pitching solutions. Um, that's what we do. That's what our foundation does. You know, we we do monthly events and and we're growing rapidly. We're now in at least five different cities and we've got requests for another seven here in the next quarter. Um, but we do events and um, we have a nonprofit. Well, we have a 0% loan f- um, for high school entrepreneurs. We don't take any percentage or equity, um, but we do have a, a, a decent amount that we're funding in high school entrepreneurs. Um, do you see some
0: hotspots? Do you see some like cases where um, schools are, are really stepping up and, and uh, following you know the tune of progress of the fut- no, you know of the future of learning. Really. But,
1: not really. Not really. I, it, it's funny. It, it, it seems to be the ones that are in the middle, ironically. So when I say not many, it's like a drop in the bucket. Do I see some schools converting around? Absolutely I do. But that's like one out of every 100 at best. the schools in the middle seem to be the most um, willing to change. The the schools that have the most discipline problems, I get it. You don't have time. You don't care about innovation because you just want, you know, them to pass the test and be safe. I get it. That's the reality. And then you have schools that are at the very top end, and they have this thing called tradition. And their school and their kids go to the Ivy League schools, and they don't want to – why change? Everything's just fine. So the schools that I do see
0: wanting to change are in the middle. So the key there is college, right? If if the universities start changing their requirements and their uh, admissions criteria, then we might see yeah. change in that. And that Probably. is where it's
1: giving me some hope. Is that one? Some colleges are now dropping the uh, SAT. Um, but then again, like we also have colleges that are offering majors that will not. Okay, I'll just give one, just because it's. No, you know what? No, I'll give a metaphoric one. No college would offer trucking as a career major. And I know that's never been a major, but I'm just giving this as an example. Like trucking is going away. We all know it. Hmm. Or here, I'll give you another one. This is hopefully won't make people mad. Radiology is going away. Radiologists cannot detect the shades of gray that a great algorithm can. And and basically, the machines have a way better advantage in detecting cancer than a human does. So there's been multiple ar- articles written. I'm not trying to say radiologists are screwed or whatever, but here like, I would not be going. I would not tell my daughter or son, my daughters or son, to ever go into radiology school. The end is near. And so if colleges keep providing that as a major, I don't think it's ethically the right choice. You know, you could say, well, I mean, it, it may be around for another five years. Okay. And and, and maybe that's their point. But ultimately, I, I I strongly feel like there are some things that we all see from a mile away, they're not going to be here much longer. And, I you know, I think it's wrong to keep providing those. Um, well, I guess the market's the market, you know i'm a free market capitalist guy
0: yeah
1: so if they want to keep offering those classes then i guess people will take them but i would want people to be more informed of hey this 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 major i'm about to ready to spend hundreds of thousands potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars on i just want to make sure that there's a job at the end of this diploma
0: well you know we we work with a lot of schools that are in the middle as you mentioned so they're not like distressed um, uh, they're not, um, you know, the, uh, you know, anyway, like the majority of them are not uh, like the super Ivy league, like schools that are only, only feeding the Ivy leagues. Um, and these schools, you know, they're with us because they, they're, they're seeing they have to do something, they have to change, they have to be more active. So, you know, I am, I maybe I'm hopeful there. I'm also hopeful with, uh, like colleges, uh, the SAT trend you mentioned, uh, sometimes in the market we see change happen rapidly so there's like a small thread that someone's starting to pull somewhere and suddenly you have uber suddenly you have airbnb um, so you know you never know you know we, we we might see that happening in education at some point like a, a positive like virus spreading through and and uh bringing entrepreneurship and you know anyway not not necessarily entrepreneurship but you know uh, bringing education more in line with the world as it's going No, I think
1: like. entrepreneurship should, should um, be
0: part of it. I mean, you said it earlier.
1: You know, according to Forbes and a couple other studies, half the nation's jobs will be freelance by next year. Half. So if you're not thinking like an entrepreneur, if you're not thinking about finding your next opportunity, if you're not thinking about acquiring skills, uh, there's a 50-50% chance that you're not employable. So I I think that's a, I think it's one of the solutions we have to start getting our students to think about opportunities like that.
0: And I think it's a smart way for a school to differentiate and have a fresh value proposition. So, you know, there is a strategy whereby you, you take a stand, uh, and now I'm talking to school leaders, you explain to your parent community that this is happening, this is going to happen. You can show screen movies at the school that like talk about this, share content, uh, all that stuff. And then you change your curriculum and then you're different from your other, from the other schools nearby. So for schools who do get it, who do want to do something different, who do want to innovate, where can they reach you, Don? What can they do to kind of in, interact with you and maybe get some support or? Or, you know, get a notch in the right, right. direction.
1: Um, at this point, like, you can always uh, follow us. Uh, or we've got a Facebook page, facebook.com slash start ed up foundation. That's start ed up foundation. We treat education like a startup. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. Don Wettrick. And then Twitter as well at Don Wetrick. That's D-O-N-W-E-T-T-R-I-C-K. Um, you can always email me dwetrick at start up dot org. Um but yeah we 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 put out a decent amount of video content we uh put video content out on the events we do and some of the work we're doing but um you know but at the same time like it's 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 a rare find uh to see that everybody's in place and 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 as ironically you said something about Gary I I I went out and, and had met with Gary twice now and he said you know it, what's really hard is you have to have a superintendent that has this outlook a principal that has this outlook and some teachers that have this outlook if you have some teachers without the support of the principal it's not going to happen if you have some um you know support from uh you know just the just the superintendent but not the principal it doesn't happen it's everything has to be
0: perfectly aligned you know yeah yeah understand so yeah well, tough message, Don. So let's see if you get some feedback about that on, on uh, Twitter or on LinkedIn. Um, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a very busy man. Um, and uh, yeah, I we'll appreciate be in touch. you having me on. Thank you, Don. Thank you for listening to School Growth Mastery, brought to you by Enroll Hand. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe to our show and share this episode with your fellow educators. You can support us by leaving us a positive review on iTunes or your preferred podcasting app. That way more school leaders like you will find us. If you want to learn more about school growth, visit our website at enrollhand.com and please do check out the links in the show notes of this episode. Until next time, goodbye for now.